Craft Beer Radio, episode 338th on June 14th, 2015. Hey everybody, welcome to your life, and welcome to Craft Beer Radio. <laughs> nice, nice, nice slide in there, I like that. A little less of a frantic uh, introduction than last time, but you know, there's nothing really to celebrate. So, uh, other than the what 30th anniversary of Tears for Fears' uh, number one hit single, everybody wants to rule the world. Act in your best intentions. All right, so what's next? What's the beer. Next? I think the beer's next. The beer's probably next. That should be probably number one on our, on our list of things to get to. Instead of this musical nonsense, yeah. Um, let's do this Brick Bay Brewery Hef. All right. Part of their session series. All the other beers we had from them were all part of the session series. This, this is was sent to us by the brewery. Do you want to try the new glass with this? This is a wheat beer. But it's designed for a full 12 ounces. That's the problem. Yeah. Okay. We got one of the new uh, Spielglau wheat beer glasses, which are interesting in their design. But uh, we're... Uh, Yeah, so they're... If you haven't seen a picture... But say you've seen the stout glass or the IPA glass. It has the little chamber at the bottom, but it's very squat. It also looks like that um, oh, whiskey tasting glass. What's it called? Um, you know, anyone who can, anyone who knows of a, a particular whiskey whiskey tasting glass, they're probably thinking of the one that I can't think of the name of right now. Okay. Um, but so, but it has still this beer re- show. Still beer show. Yes, it has this really big bowl. It's like a twenty-five ounce glass or twenty-two ounce glass or something like that. But it's made so you pour the beer out and you still have a huge amount of headroom to collect all that wheat beer aroma in it. It's a, I kind of like that idea where the glass is that much oversized for for drinking a pint or a twelve ounce beer. Especially if you know if you're really going to go get into the aroma and stuff yeah. like that. So this is again uh, Brickway is from Omaha. This beer was given to us by the brewery. Thank you, Brickway. Five percent alcohol by volume. That's pretty much all the information I have. Their website unfortunately does not have a lot of information, nor do other sites. Nor does their can have a lot. But yep, the Hefeweizen it pours uh, a straw gold color. It is very cloudy as you would expect. Uh, we're drinking these in the Spiegel Snifter, or beer tulips, Snifter glasses, and um, head is falling down quite quickly on this. When it poured, it had a moderate amount of head. If you had poured this into a traditional Weizen glass, mm. the head would have stood up higher. Absolutely. That's interesting. With a big diameter on this, I wonder how the head behaves in the Spiegel glass, because usually the wheat beers have the tall, narrow things to really stand that head up. Yeah, it's the picture you're used to thinking. It's the picture of. you're used to, but it could be that that's a better way to drink beer. It's the it's the yeah. it's the silhouette we used on our new logo because it's just so iconic of beer. Yeah. We tried using a silhouette of the Spiegel glass because we love that glass, but it didn't really come across the right way. Yeah, and the Weizen glass came across better in the logo. It looked more like a cognac yeah. than anything else, so it didn't quite fit. So well, a little lemon, slight peppery notes, slight. Uh, Slight maybe clovey notes on the nose, hard mm-hmm. to fully. Yeah, the uh, the the phenolics, the peppery, yeah. the cloviness are definitely leading in the aroma, as opposed to the bananas, pears, estery side of you know some hefes could be very estery, some yeah. could be very peppery, some have a blend. I'm not really smelling. I do get the kind of wheat, lemongrass, mm-hmm. tangy aroma off of it as well. It smells very good. Getting a little bit of bubble gum as I start to explore. Okay, all right. 
does smell very nice. It has a nice uh, color to it. Nice, hazy, yellow straw. Flavor has a nice, smooth mouthfeel. And it tends to... Comes across kind of on the sweet side. And I'm getting a nice, bold, bread, wheat-type flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am tasting some of the esters kind of... Um, Dried apple, maybe? Something along mm-hmm. those lines? Mm-hmm. It's a little... It's a little crunchy. It, ha- it, it has an interesting texture to it. It feels... Um, it feels like the water's a little hard. It feels like a little calcified. Okay. Um, it's... What, it, what it's causing me to taste is kind of... Uh, like a... I don't know. More of a porridge-like consistency. To, to the flavors. They feel a little bit separated by, like, there's, there's, a, there's a flavor of, say, a banana ester here, mm-hmm. then in the middle there's a sort of a wheatish, barleyish flavor, and then there's, on the other side, uh, kind of a spice. So it feels all separated, like it's a... Uh, like grits? Like grits, yeah. <laughs> or like a cement, right? Like there, there, mm-hmm. There's stuff in between the, the binders, yeah. Interesting way of describing it. So, I mean, I guess what you're trying to say is, you know, the flavors are kind of oh, aggregated. You mm-hmm. know, they're not really um, integrated. Yes. But in a in a very interesting way, in in, in a porridge-like way, in a way mm-hmm. that, that feels... You know, it, 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 it's hard to express in any other way than just sort of by describing the way it, I'm picturing it. As I drink it, I'm getting more banana flavors, mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of spice towards the end, but the phenol... It's its one of those beers where very phenolic on the nose, but esters are play more of a role in the uh, the flavor. Nice amount of carbonation to it. Good amount of sweetness to go down. Still some... I'm getting more on the flavor, more banana than bubblegum. Little bit of spice, not a huge amount of spice. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a nice drinker. Yeah, I'm enjoying this quite a bit. It's um, I know one of the beers we had from Brickway was kind of off. The other one was was decent, but I think this one's probably my favorite. Mm. Yeah, as I drink it, the bubble gum and the bananas are really. The thing, I'm, the thing that I'm noticing the most, you know, I'm kind of getting used to that tangy, wheat, yes. lemony flavors. I'm not noticing, noticing that as much as I drink through this. It's definitely uh, those S3 flavors starting to assert their, themselves more mm-hmm. the more you drink it. Not bad. All right. Number two. Number two. We got a bunch of, uh, got three loggers we're going to probably work through next before we get into the one with... Interesting flavors added. Let's do the Hellas. All right. This uh, was given to us by Ninkasi Brewing Company. Uh, we picked this up at Saber. This is the Lux. It is a Hellas lager. 20 IBUs, 5.0% alcohol by volume. Another five right in a row. Available year-round part of their flagship series, the malts that are used, Bohemian Pilsner, Pilsen, Carapils, and Acidulated. So there might be... That doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be a little antagonist. could just be just off the pH. Mm-hmm. Um, hops, GR Hilletau, Hercules, GR... So German. German Hilletau, Hercules, German Hilletau, Middlefra, and U.S. Hilletau. 
standard noble hop varieties you'd expect to see with the Hellas. Hellas uh, generally a sweeter lager, um, sweeter mm-hmm. than an Oktoberfest or, or Martzen. Uh, less hop dominant qualities, more uh, you're looking for sort of a, a light sweetness that doesn't go into DMSE corn stuff. I I think you described that very well. Crystal clear beer, one of the clearest beers I've had. We've had on the show from a craft brewer. It almost looks like something from a large brewery. The the color and the clarity on this beer. Um, so it is, yeah. It's kind of a I wouldn't quite call it pale. I would call it a a bold straw color. Yeah, but like you said, I mean the clarity is fantastic. Kind of stunning, actually. <laughs> We're not used to this kind of clarity on beer. The aroma. I know it's a slight kind of rubber cementish thing. Do you see? I was smelling lime, kind of a lime hmm. lime peel or something like that. I am getting some of the malt as well. You know, it's kind of a. Uh, I'm trying to think of the kind of bread, maybe like a Italian hoagie bun or something like that. Hmm. Yeah, you have to. That rubber cement was kind of an early, early call before I had let it, let it, let my nose yeah, figure out. I keep out. smelling lime. I mean, you, you know, normally you wouldn't expect that in Hellas, but I keep coming back to lime, and I could kind of see where you, what you thought is rubber cement is probably the same part yeah. of what we're smelling. This is not the Lux Lime, like your Bud Light Lime. I hope not. <laughs> Flavor has a nice little, um, really thin body, you know, nice and light drinker. Carbonation kind of zings you up front. Mm-hmm. You, then you get some nice maltiness, and you get a little bit of spicy hop towards the end as well. I'm trying to dial in on yeah. more details there, but that was kind of the first impression. Yeah, the, the malt definitely plays the main role here. It kind of lingers with you. The first thing you taste kind of takes you through the middle and towards the finish. And then you get a touch of spiciness towards the finish. It's kind of like... Uh, um, what are those... There's a name for a certain like dinner roll. Like, um, what are those? <laughs> yeah, the certain kind of dinner roll. No, the, the ones that are kind of... Just very light and airy, and yeah, I mean the, the the sweetness I think tends to, if I could describe it in any way, it's slightly buttery, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's what I was thinking. Dinner rolls, right? Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's a very kind of ready texture to to the beer. What you would expect. I mean, it really is you know playing the barley more than anything else, mm-hmm. and just using the hops to to accentuate. To, to sort of to, to mild some of the big malt spikes just to give you a little bit of balance. I think it's a very well-made Hellas. It's very drinkable. It's also not not exactly like I'm not like jumping over hoops and then like jumping over the moon over it. Mm-hmm. I had a really good Hellas a couple weeks ago. And I'm trying to remember where it was. Uh, you were just out camping. Is that any? No, it wasn't. Wasn't this weekend? It was a couple weeks ago, but it was someplace I 
uh, I'll try to think about it instead of tying up the air, verbally trying to recall that one. As I drink this, I'm getting a little more of the um, the sulfury notes from like a pilsner malt. Mm-hmm. It might be the it might it might be that it could it could be kind of the spiciness from the hops building, but I think I'm kind of dialing on the pilsner malt as I'm drinking it. Um, yeah, toasted bread notes, things like that coming along, and uh, at the end, just those very basic spicy green notes that mm-hmm. you get from noble hops. That was the Lux from Ninkasi. Probably go well with pretzels. A nice, warm, big pretzel. Yeah, yeah, I think it would go good with pretzels. Uh, yeah, think about a whole bunch of carbohydrates mm-hmm. that it would go well with. Any kind of bread product. Yeah, pretty much. Alright, so we go from a... Uh, I guess we'll do the other Pilsner here. We'll do the uh, Sam Adams sent us the downtime Pilsner. This is one of the summer seasonals in the variety pack. There is some material right there which on it if you want to look it up. I think that they generally do a very good job here. But let's see. Downtime Pilsner, they call it a German Pilsner style. Two-row pale malt blend and German Pilsner malt. They use Hilltown Middlefra and Hernsbrucker Noble Hops, Hercules and Mandarina. Mandarina, that's a new one. We have to look that up. 30 IBUs, 5.0 alcohol. Wow, if we're hitting those fives just today. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. So, there you go. Next so two are not 5.0. We're 5.2 for the next beer. <laughs> All right, so the aroma on this one. Definitely Pilsner. Kind of almost smells Americanized. There's a... I don't know if it's that mandarina. Let's see here. Get the noble spiciness. It kind of is going towards... um, Oh. Interesting. Okay, so this is a... So the mandarina is a German uh, hop, but its uh, pedigree is it's a daughter of Cascade. Uh... They say they have dink, uh, the aroma has distinct tangerine and citrus notes, uh, in, and that is also coming. The flavors seven to ten percent alpha acids. Yeah, I mean, there's an interesting smell here. I was trying to dial in. I was trying to think of uh, an herb that is kind of minty, maybe a touch of sage, but really light on the sage. I was trying to dial it in that way, but as soon as you said tangerine, I'm thinking like dried tangerine peel or something like that. You know, there's some of that in the aroma as well. So think of it as sort of a, a German continental hop. This one is a gold color, very clear as well. This one smells very interesting. I could just sit here for a while and just kind of nose this beer. Some of the molds coming through, kind of that, that uh, what is a Czech, Czech or German pills? German pills, German. yeah. So I'm getting kind of, uh, the hops are really dominating the nose, but behind that you're smelling a little bit of that Pilsner malt, kind of that little sharp zingy um, nose from Pilsner. 
There's right. something a little a little darker about this one yeah, than the Hellas, which you would expect in terms of the the, mm-hmm. the, the, the malt feels a little bit toastier. The, the color is more towards the golden, but it's another one that's very, very clear. I mean, really crystal mm-hmm. clear. Mm-hmm. Here comes across kind of pretty yummy <laughs> let's see how do I describe this it you don't get so much of the bready malt it's kind of kind of straw like and then it goes into this sweetness like this you know offspring of cascade you kind of get that juicy orangey kind of mm-hmm. hop provided sweet feel to it uh, I'm getting some of that yeah it's interesting for a pilsner because it, it those typical noble spicy notes are downplayed in favor of something that is not Cascade, but is similar. It has... It doesn't have those pithy qualities. It has more... More... But it doesn't still... doesn't have juicy qualities either. I think it has like a tangerine zest type feel to it. Maybe. Maybe that's... Yeah, more sort of an oily quality yeah. if anything else. It's definitely a zest. It, it definitely seems like something you would expect... You know, like... You know, like... I, Take what I know about dried orange peel and dried lemon peel and equate that to a tangerine peel. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think it's... Hopefully, it's not the suggestion from the marketing material, but I really feel that's where it, what it tastes like. A little bit grassy, too. It's a little... Mm-hmm. A little subtle... Um, Sort of a lawnmower note, you know. If you're mm-hmm. mowing the lawn, you get a little bit of grass in your. It's as I mean, it's really hoppy. I mean, this is up there with some of the other Americanized pilsners. You know, thinking of Sly Fox yeah. or what is another great example of you know, kind of an overhopped American take on a pilsner. So, what would you what would you think the IBUs are? Oh, I don't know. Sixty-eight. Thirty. Thirty. Hmm. It's, it's it's definitely if it feels more bitter than it's coming across at. Yeah, it, it has a moderate bitterness to it, but it has a lot of other hop character to it. I would have probably caught around fifty or sixty as, as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So the C of thirty there is a little shocking. To well, me. you know, we've been talking about how some of these these new hops are less apparently bitter. Mm-hmm. So they still rank high on the IBU scale, but they really don't come across as bitter. Um, this is kind of... So I think that's kind of tainting my estimation. You know, I really don't put a ton of thought into, you know, trying to pin the tail on the IBU donkey. You know, it's... it's it, it, that's a hard one to go for. Yeah, yeah. it's... I think it's easier sometimes to go for the alcohol because that can be I make mean, it hide, but it can be more apparent mm-hmm. than right than IBU because again it's it's always machine I mean, calibrated. Well, that's it. I mean, ten years ago, the IBU game it was there was a lot less dimensions in yeah. hop character than there are today. So IBU was a more useful metric than it is today, I would think. Mm. I mean, IBUs are a good metric for replicating your brew, you know, and that kind of thing. Uh, but because there's so many dimensions in flavorality, 
of the different humulans and, and whatnot that are in modern hops. Like I said, you know, we've talked about a lot, these tropical hops, these mosaics, these citras, which are still IPAs and they have a fair amount of bitterness, but they're less apparently bitter to the drinker. You know, I think that's a very fascinating thing. I'm going to write down this as the title for the show, Flavorality, which I think is a... Another, like flavorality? Another good new... I remember when Nick was on, he, he uh, coined the word smoothcality. <laughs> and I think that Flavorality is actually a good title for this show. Flavorality. <laughs> It fits. I mean, that's the nice thing about being able to make new words that uh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's it, it's a portmanteau, but it, it fits. Well, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll write up the definition on that. Mm. This is the uh, Sam Adams Downtime Pilsner. As you drink it, you kind of get dialed in on the massive amount of hoppiness that's in it. Yeah, when I say massive. Take it with the scale. It's massive for a Pilsner, not massive for double IPA. It's, and it, it's also a lot, like I said, a lot more continental than a Pilsner mm-hmm. typically is. So you're well, getting... What do, you, what do you mean? Because continental is the spicy Well, I mean, Pilsner-type hops. It's it, it's a lot more ale-hopped. It, it tastes a lot more like your typical pale ale might be hot with than your typical... Right. so kind of Americanized... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I was going for, where, like, Sly Fox, you know, they, they bring this kind of saturated hop flavor that kind of gets kind of yeah. fruity, you know, in their Pilsner as well. Okay. Oh, all right, as we wrap that one up, we have a beer here from Devil's Backbone Brewing Company. This is their Vienna Lager. This is the beer that I was enjoying at Saver the, all those years ago. And I said, hey, Jason, that's really neat, that mushroom flavor that you have in there. And uh, you would think I slapped this baby. <laughs> this uh, We got this from the brewery at Saver, I believe. Mm-hmm. So this is from Devil's Backbone. Vienna Lager. 18 IBUs. What did you say was the alcohol in this one? 5.2. On their website, they say 4.9, but I'll go with the bottle as opposed to the website. Malts that are used, Vienna, Pilsen, Dark Munich, Caramel, Malts, and Hops, Northern Brewer, and Zotz. Okay, this one is a rich tea-type color, also very clear. What kind of bird do you think that is on the, on the label? Um... A Vienna parakeet? I don't know. <laughs> it looks like one of those, you know, those little balanced bird toys that, that balance in their beak. No. Oh well, I have one of those, but it's spread out like that. All right. Yeah. So this is a rich, deep color on the beer. Aroma brings much more malty type uh, aroma than mm. we've had in the show thus far kind of excuse me kind of like uh, I mean there's some white bread crust in there but it's richer it's it's maybe a toast you know maybe if you take that bread and toast it you know and, and you know do a moderate um, like a medium light to like a light brown toast on it maybe that's kind of what you're getting interesting it's also a kind of a nice sweet um 
uh, like glazed donut type bread aroma, malt aroma coming off of it as well. Almost a little breakfasty, a little sort of pancake and maple mm-hmm. syrup type. Right, right. Tell me that. Not smelling any mushrooms yet. I can see where you got it from. I, I can kind of almost get there. Like, it's like on the other side of the wall. There's something just a little earthy in there. Mm-hmm. Almost a little truffly, if anything else. I mean, there, there yeah, really think... is something that's that resembles something, maybe slightly truffle, maybe something along the shiitake or oyster area. I mean, it's not like a cremini. It's not a, mm-hmm. a standard mushroom, but it's it's... Definitely, there, there is something there. If you look You're for it, if make you look angry. for it, if you look for it, it's right. there. And I think that that's so far. I I think it's a good thing. I think it's a really interesting. Jason doesn't think it's a good thing. You could write it off as so much, so many other things. Mm-hmm. You could call it just a a. a a Maillard thing, a, 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 a toasty mm-hmm. aroma that's probably very similar, um, or just reacts in our in our brains with some, mm-hmm. some similar taste. I don't think that you would necessarily give this to anybody and expect them to write down mushrooms. I think you have to put plant that in there and have right. them have had some very interesting mushrooms for that to work. <laughs> right, right. Flavor, big and malty. It it brings on that that kind of cake or like uh you know something that's still bready but kind of glazed and sweet Mm -hmm. there's something that still has a crust to it but it's also been glazed finishes yeah a little muffin like sure that muffin's good call yeah finishes surprisingly dry because it's such a rich Almost, it's because it's almost toffee, mm-hmm. right? It's not quite there. It's toasty, but not toffee. And it's such a rich, and there's lots of malt there. And I keep resonating one of these glasses, my voice. I keep hearing, wah, wah. So, pour some water in it. Yeah. Uh, what was that? Probably one? this one. Yeah, probably. Move it away from my Get voice. Um, <laughs> So it's toasty, it did, but it finishes surprisingly dry. I would expect it a little bit more sweetness to linger, and it kind of dries out right quick as you finish the beer. This is the Vienna Lager from Devil's Backbone. All I taste is mushrooms. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I can see where that where where you could make that call. I just had a a thing where I bought it. It was it was really interesting to me because it was a can of like white truffled mushrooms and other <laughs> exotic stuff. Uh, it was like nine bucks, and and uh, it was very 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 good. There's something 
similar <laughs> across Stop. those flavors. Stop. You're going to get me in trouble again. He's finally talking to me again. I made the point that it was very good. Right. It's excellent. It was also expensive. And, but had you not mentioned mushrooms at all, I would not have said a thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to justify your call. I mean, I think it's there. I think there is something. Right. That was a call from like five or six years ago. I, but, it's, I still think yeah. it's accurate. There is, there's one little note in the aroma and in the flavor. I'm having a hard time dialing, pinning in, you know, compared to like other Vienna lagers, something that makes this one different. Let me see if I can, before my sample's gone, let me see if I can dial it. It's almost a, it's almost a minerality, almost like an oyster shell, but but not, definitely not an oyster shell. But and a white shirt too. I can't see it, so it'll come out. The um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to describe this. It's almost like a minerality, but you know, vanilla lagers are a softer water generally, mm-hmm. so you wouldn't expect it to be hard water. So I'm trying to figure out what it is. I'm not sure. I don't. Uh... Oh, I just got a really great aroma off this where it was really muffin-like, you know, but muffin with some crust on it or something like, a, you know, with more white bread. I, I really want to kind of come up with better or more nuanced terms for white bread crust, like mm. more delineation in there. Mm-hmm. I've been using it way too much and I'm tasting it in here too. And I really hate, I'm using such a generic term. So often, I need to figure out uh, more nuance for things that are in and around white bread crust. Time for us to go to the bread aisle and just start mm-hmm. exploring. Exactly. I'm enjoying this. It's pretty good. Vienna lager, for people that have been with us forever, know that that was my gateway into lagers. Uh, when I was drinking, getting into beer, all the lagers I tasted, even Sam Adams at a point there was this like tinny tin foil type yeah. flavor in lagers this called lager twang greg had it as well i believe yep and metallic kind of a metallic thing and the first beer i had which was a lager which i did notice was uh elliot ness from great lakes brewing company which is a vienna lager that was my gateway from there i got into boston lager from sam adams which is more or less a vienna mm-hmm. and um enjoyed that without that metallic twang but there was definitely a uh, wall that i had to tear down it's a learning curve to understand that to, to put that flavor in context and once you right. once you get there you then don't taste it in the same way yeah yeah it's almost like a short circuit or something which you have to like train to yeah. appreciate or something like it was almost like a certain channel was over was was maxed out mm-hmm. and, and over modulated and it just yeah. sounded like wah and then once you trained that circuit it was in tune mm-hmm. I agree I think it's a good way to put it alright so our final beer of the night that's where things get a little crazy we've got a beer here from Fate Brewing Company this is the Apollo Psy is that how you say that T-S-A-I Yes, I would say so. Polosai. 
the tea infused hopped up honey wheat ale this also uh, given to us at Saber from Fate Brewing Company 6.3% alcohol by volume 43 IBUs it's got a little bit of a paper cap oh it's cork too oh it's co- oh wow okay Where's my corker? I haven't had a corked beer in forever. Where is Jeff's corker? <laughs> Although that could be the title of the show, too. <laughs> Let me pause the uh, recording and find the uh, corker. Okay, we're back. I got the... So, like I said, we haven't had a corked beer in forever. I meant a wine corked beer where you need an actual... Oh, it's tight. It's really tight. There we go. <laughs> Synthetic cork with grapes on it. So, what do you think about the saver glasses this year? I was not very pleased with them. So, <laughs> starting three, four years ago, they went to a full-size tulip. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, they had kind of wine glasses and tiny little tasters and things like that yeah and this year they went back to kind of a wine glass it's a different shape but uh yeah so the shape is kind of it has a it has straighter a straighter bowl it, it it's it's almost trapezoidal in terms of the way that the bowl is shaped sort of a a um <laughs> a bowl shaped with a trap with, with a much more high angle on on the on the lip coming up and then then well on the sides but then it comes up and turns into a lip that goes up straight there, and just flares out slightly I think there's a restall restall is it restall yeah I think it's restall's company um, beer glass if you Look at like go to the Lost Abbey store uh-huh. and look at the Lost Abbey glass. It's that kind of shape where it has these facets to it. Yeah. So you can look that up. What Greg was trying to describe, but this one's on a long stem, and it's it's probably an eight. I don't know. It might be a ten ounce glass. Um, it's hard to really judge. Two actually, it, it, what is impressive is the two ounce line is so close to the bottom of the yeah. glass. It's it's very wide, very quickly. I don't know. It just. It seemed like they had made a big deal of going to the full size yeah. glass, and now they kind. Of, I mean, it's not that. I mean, this might be a twelve ounce, ten ounce, twelve ounce glass. I don't know. I don't know. It just I was surprised. I'm like, oh, old saver glasses. <laughs> a while ago, I tweeted out a picture of the evolution of the saver glass, uh-huh. uh, and yeah. So now I need to make a new one. <laughs> All right, so we have here the Apollo Psi, which is from Fate. Six with three percent by volume. The forty-three IBUs, Summit and Chinook hops, uh, also Centennial hops, two row and wheat for malt. On the back of that should be. It says Earl Grey tea, and it's a uh, tribute to the music in collaboration. Yeah, you can. Because on the back there's some extra stuff on here. I want to see if that's pronunciation. <laughs> they give you a pronunciation guide to Apollo's eye, uh, Apollo's eye. Okay. This was 
Apollo. Apollo? I think it's how we've been pronouncing it. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> then we don't need to waste any more time yeah. on that. Yeah, so thanks, Fate, for providing this beer. The aroma on it, it for me, I would have I would have guessed lime instead of bergamot. Really. Local honey, they also say. I mean, are you? I mean, so they use Earl Grey tea. Yeah. I'm smelling more of a lime type character than a bergamot character. Maybe I just have a lime kick today. Maybe I'm yeah. Maybe yeah. lime is on the brain. I mentioned that for that uh, Lux as well. Maybe I just want Bud Light Lime like John Oliver. <laughs> Is that true, do you think? What? Do you want Bud Light? I've no, never had I one. Don't. I've never had one. I'm pretty sure I've tasted something lime. Oh, you know what? I know I've had like disgusting like Molson Canadian lime or something like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, John Oliver was, was particularly vicious about it. Uh, what he was talking about. I mean, it was. I doubt it's as gross as, as his stuff, but uh, who knows? Before we end, before we finish up and talk about this beer, let's just do our little uh, our spiel. <laughs> you kept it loud. Just to you want to get their attention. Yeah, exactly. Now that we have your attention, it's easy. When you shop online, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Start there, do all your Amazon shopping, check out, pay, stuff will be delivered at your door in like less than two days, and where you live, I mean. it won't cost you a penny more, and you'll be get, supporting the show, yeah. because Amazon takes less money for themselves because we drove sales to their site. That's all there is to it, really. I mean, it's a great way to support us, and... And get the stuff you want to get. And we have a great segment in the post show where we get reports of what was purchased. We don't know who purchased what, but we do a little segment called Amazon Anonymous where we pick out items. And I, I like to read reviews. Greg hates when I read reviews, but uh, it, it, it's all around good time. I've, I've, I've come around to it, I think. <laughs> anyway, thank you, everybody. Back to the beer. Apollo Psy from Fate. Yeah, so the nose is just like, for me, it's all, it's either the Earl Grey tea, which I'm on this lime kick tonight, so which has kind of a lime character to mm-hmm. it as well. You know, not a lot of interesting, it, it's interesting, maybe it's because of mostly lagers tonight, but not a lot of strange hop characters. Mm-hmm. Right? The only one that we had to look up was something that was very similar to Cascade, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Right. So, kind of a traditional hop night for us. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I, I had a beer today at lunch. Uh, I was at Rivertown Poorhouse, and they had a uh, session IPA. It was a 5.0, so I know you wouldn't really call that session, but they are calling it session IPA. And it was Jaman, uh, or Yaman, or something like that. You know, Soon they're going to start calling 6.0 beer sessions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, it, you know, it had it was brewed, you know, with traditional sea hops, and then they dry hopped over the Galaxy. You should mention the sea hops, you know, the Chinook Centennial. Shin- That's what it means. It's yeah, like, yeah, not not, like not Citra, but like the classic sea hops. Yeah, but not like and, and there was Warrior under the sea. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Sorry, I was using my uh, advanced linga. Uh, 
they did use warrior in it as well but then they dry hopped it with a galaxy and it was really the first time that i've had galaxy like as a as showcase and it, it's big with passion fruit and tropical flavors but it, uh, the beer was quite tasty for a quote you know moderately low alcohol mm-hmm. ipa and uh, I was really excited just because I could showcase. I could see what the galaxy was like. I think we should call five pinos like mid session. If, if, if they're going to call it a session, we, we, we near session, clarify, like yeah. near beer, you have near session. Right. It's <laughs> it's in the vicinity of session. <laughs> I think that's a beginning of a George Carlin bit. I think there, there was something. I'm, I'm remembering something about near misses and how. Isn't a near miss really a that's bad it, crash? That's the George Carlin yeah. one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a near miss would be a crash, yes. <laughs> so what do you think about this beer? Um, I think... <laughs> I think the honey is coming through. I think it's giving um, a... I mean, it does kind of have a quality of, of honey sweetened tea. There's, I think some of, some of that bergamot is coming too. Too, I think okay. I think you get a little bit of that orange quality there. the The beer itself feels very very muted in comparison to the rest of the stuff. It feels like mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of just there to carry through these this sort of tea flavor. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I'll look for it, but I haven't found the honey so much yet. Um, I'm getting what is the tea. Like I said too many times already, it's reminding me of lime. And, you know, so it seems like, like kind of like a, a kefir uh, wheat beer. You know, it's kind of what I'm tasting. And I haven't had limes, like, recently. It's not like I... It's not like one of those flavor memory things where, like, I had this awesome lime something or another today, <laughs> and, and that's all I can think of. You know, it's not that at all. I made my uh, locally famous uh, guacamole and salsa yesterday, which requires a lot of lime. So I'm not really tasting okay. lime, so maybe that's it. Maybe, just <laughs> maybe you're burned out. <laughs> Those receptors are not working. We could also call this show No Limes Were Harmed in the production of this show. I suppose we could, but then that wouldn't uh, draw as many people in right. as... Oh. What was it? Flavorality. Flavorality. No, I'm not saying we change it. I'm just throwing out another fun idea, kind of as a side. So I think it's time to get on to the ranking. Mm. Quite. And let's see, where's all the beers we drank? There they are. Alright, so bottom's going to be hard. These were all tasty beers. Where's the fifth one? Right in front of you. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Usually not on my side of the table. All right, so from the bottom, I really hate having to name bottom this time. I mean, I can name a bottom. I think I might have to put the Ninkasi. Uh... Nailed it. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to put them costing the bottom. There was a little something in the aroma, you know, that was where the lime slash mm-hmm. rubber cement was. It started, yeah. There was just a little touch there. It just, you know, 
there was really no off flavors in the rest of the beers, but since that was kind of a little nagging thing, I think I'm going to have to um, put him in fifth place. And then I think I'll put the Fate in fourth place. You know, we had a lot of good traditional style beers mm-hmm. tonight, and mostly lagers, and they were all really solid. And for me with this Fate, you know, it it was kind of delivering the tea slash lime and you know that's kind of what it did and it was fine beer mm-hmm. but it didn't have that that complexity and depth that i was looking for i'm gonna put the devil's backbone in the third place i enjoyed it i thought it was a really good vienna lager mushrooms or no uh, i think the sam adam hopping in the sam adams was uh, was pretty interesting so i'm gonna put that in second place um, Americanized German pills, uh, big hop flavor I like that, and then yeah, I'm gonna put the Brickway Hefe, Brickway Heffa in first place. It was the first beer we did, and I really enjoyed the body, mouthfeel, the flavors on this beer. I thought it was very well done. All right, uh, I I thought we were gonna agree uh, on rankings, but we don't. This time, our last two we agree on Ninkasi. Uh, there was something I just felt off about it. I've, I, like I said, I've had Hellas's before and never really refused a Hellas. Uh, and I think it was decent, but something, something was off about it. Something maybe it felt a little bit too sweet. Maybe it felt a little bit too, I don't know, grainy. I, I couldn't really tell, but there was something that wasn't quite up to what I was looking for. Number four, the fate. It feels just sort of like a vehicle for the tea, so I'm not as... I'm not jiving with it as well as I, I might have expected. Uh, number three, I'm going to put the Sam Adams. Uh, I was kind of iffy between this one and the Brickway. This and, my, this and Brickway. Brickway is number two. I think they both were very good. Uh, I didn't get everything I wanted out of either of them, but I think I, I got... A really decent beer, hopefully. But I did think I got everything I wanted at the Devil's Back when I think that was really, really, really solid Vienna Lager. I love the flavors coming out of it, whether they were mushrooms or not. Uh, I I love what was going on in that beer. So that uh, that kind of ought to do it, I think. Sounds good to me. Let's wait for the band to strike up the tunes. Trying to find out what to, I had this on a different. <laughs> Sorry. Cue the orchestra. Whoa. I never heard this version. This is the Lord version of Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Alright. Oh, dark and brooding. Yeah. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, the best way to do that is over Twitter. I am at Jeff Bearer. I'm at CBR Greg. Wow, this does not really fit for the end of the show. It's okay. Just let it play out, man. Let it play out. And at Craft Beer Radio is the uh, group Twitter for the show. If you want to email us, you can email us beer at craftbeerradio.com. And Google Plus is really kind of dead. I mean, they took it off the Google front page. Yeah. I mean, like, who who uses that stuff anymore? Really, Google Hangouts is kind of what they've come at has come out of yeah. it. So, so thanks everyone. Really appreciate you listening to the beginning of the eleventh year of Crafty Radio, and we'll be back next week with another show. I cut myself. 
It's the when only I, thing that I don't want anybody else. When I think about you, I cut myself. It's oh. the only thing that feels real. Help me make the most of and of So disjointed. 